Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Level Up Human. I'm Rachel Wheely, Level Up Human's pet human, and I have a new episode for you recorded back in November last year as part of our Barbican residency. It features Naz Derek Shan and Hepsi Tago, and of course Simon Watt and myself, recorded at a time which seems very carefree in retrospect. Right now in March 2020 in the UK, the schools are closed. Simon and I are trying to work out how we record our next episode. Thanks to the Physiological Society for supporting the whole of Series 2 and to our community of patrons over at patreon.com forward slash leveluphuman. Take care of yourselves and we hope you enjoyed this episode, Series 2, Episode 9, Snakeskin. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Welcome to Level Up Human! Hello, hello, and welcome to Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast panel show that is souping up the homo sapien. Each week we're joined by experts who are going to help us redesign the species, tell us what is wrong with the human body, and how we might improve it. Seated to my left, we have our pet human, our guinea pig, and our resident judge who decides what shall go forward. It's Rachel Wheelie. Hello. And today we're joined by two illustrious experts, seated on my immediate right. It's Naz Darakashan. Now, Naz, you're a professor of experimental psychopathology at Birkbeck. That's a long word. Psychopathology, what on earth is it? So psychopathology relates to the science behind our emotions. Sadness, happiness, anxiety, fear, etc. And experimental psychopathology is another word for saying we're using scientific methods relating to how the brain works to understand how we experience emotions better, how we deal with them, how we cope with them, etc. So you can explain exactly why the news makes me angry? Absolutely. (laughs) If I measure your brain activity. (laughs) I've never been asked that before. That's cool. Um, While we're here, though, also I know you work at Brick. Uh, which is about building resilience in people who are suffering from breast cancer. Yeah. I know you've got a whole load of resources out there for people who are afflicted and that might be able to help. Can you tell our listeners out there who might be able to get some help from? Absolutely. So the BRIC Centre is uh, short for Building Resilience in Breast Cancer. And it's an uh, online centre for providing support 
and knowledge for how to cope with the side effects of breast cancer diagnosis and treatment for any woman in the UK who's diagnosed with breast cancer. At the moment, we are 1,700 women with breast cancer from all over the UK uh, at any age, and we engage in live discussions that are research-led. We have emotion regulation exercises that we practice on a weekly basis. We provide up-to-date knowledge of different types of research that are out there trying to improve resilience and reduce emotional vulnerability in women who'd be diagnosed with breast cancer. So where where can people find you if you need for this? So um, you can find us on Facebook if you just type in the BRIC Centre, B-R-I-C, and there is a departmental website as well, the Birkbeck Integrative Centre for Building Resilience in Breast Cancer. Uh, So just type in the BRIC Centre, B-R-I-C, Centre, and you'll find us on Google. And we're also joined by Hep C. Tego. Now, you're a skin biologist from Queen Mary. Um, you're doing some really interesting projects like GH, GH Scientific, but you're also doing a Winston Churchill research project on informal STEM, that's science, technology, engineering, and maths education. So, what's good practice? How can we make a podcast, for instance, better? <laughs> what's good practice? Get rid of the curriculum and just go outdoors and play in the woods when you feel like it. Nice. Yes. I feel we got rid of the curriculum a long time ago, so we're doing fine in that case. (laughs) And we're also joined by our wonderful audience here at the Barbican Centre in London. (laughs) Now, before we get hypothetical and see what kind of things our our, uh, experts would like to change with the human body, they've each brought along a news story to tell us what is happening in science right now. So, can we please start with you, Hepsi? What have you got along with you? Okay, so I'll start with the serious science news, um, which is the British Association of Dermatologists recently have published um, a paper to talk about the impacts of skin conditions on the psychological, mental health, well-being of the patients who suffer with these conditions, which is quite easily overlooked, mainly because it's not always physically visible, because most conditions may be hidden under clothing or patients who have um, extreme skin conditions may spend hours in the morning trying to wear long sleeves when it's summertime or be reluctant when they're younger to play sports or take part in PE at school just because of the impact of the conditions that they may suffer and there hasn't been much work done in terms of the after support that they can get aside dermatology side of things and so I think it's good that it's come out in the limelight and they actively and consciously trying to get more people or more therapists to say and they did mention there are not many specialists who deal with patients with skin conditions in terms of the psychological side of things and so it's good that the conversations are now starting and um, it can help deal with the condition yes so the news is we need more yes we need more I mean dermatologists themselves are in short supply in the UK and I think globally they're one of the um, fewer specialist areas that we do have and so then special therapists or mental health specialists in people dealing with skin conditions are even fewer or rare so we need more. So skin conditions are more than skin deep. What about you Nas? What have you brought along with you? I'm particularly interested in human resilience. What could we do to improve human resilience in our everyday lives? in challenging situations, 
And if you think of it, resilience is the opposite of being anxious and depressed. So anxiety and depression encourage a particular type of information processing that's rigid, kind of gets stuck, we worry, we ruminate, and that prevents us, well actually the brain, it prevents the brain from nurturing its, its evolutionary ability to be plastic. So neuroplasticity is something that we're born with, it's, it enables the brain to grow, change, adapt and adjust to different kinds of situations. So I'm interested in how we can reduce vulnerability to anxiety and depression uh, by boosting resilience. The new story is that as opposed to how we thought the brain was, rigid in structure or hardwired, we may have thought that some people are born to be uh, predisposed to depression or anxiety. That's not the case anymore because what we can do, we can target brain circuits that are involved in emotion experience and change those types of vulnerabilities towards resilience. So the brain, the idea that the brain is plastic, the idea that the brain is... Actually, I was talking to my daughter's school this morning and I, I took some piece of slime uh, because they're all into slime and I demonstrated neuroplasticity through um, pulling the slime in different types of directions and I wanted to convey the message that nowadays scientists, neuroscientists believe that neural pathways in the brain are plastic, they can be shaped and through understanding which circuits in the brain are responsible for emotional vulnerability and resilience we can change those we can influence those neural pathways, we can target them and train them to become more plastic and flexible so that we can prevent against anxiety and depression as well as attenuate levels of anxiety and depression. How do you do that? That's a really good question. So you, well, I'm sure everyone in this room knows about prominent therapies like CBT, mindfulness, talking therapy, headspace apps that practice mindfulness-based therapies and so forth. One thing that they, these therapies all have in common is an emphasis on changing the way we think. And by changing the way we think about stuff, we are actually targeting neural pathways that can help us regulate our emotions in a more efficient and better way. Now, then the question is now, so, okay, so we've got all these different types of therapies out there, but the rates of anxiety and depression have actually been on the increase, especially in younger generations now. We see a bigger prevalence of anxiety and depression, especially being diagnosed at a younger age. And the mental health problems that, like anxiety and depression cost the UK economy £99 billion a year. So this is not a joke, <laughs> it's pretty serious. And so what neuroscientists are now trying to do is to capitalize in a more direct way on neuroplasticity through training the brain pathways uh, with exercises that kind of just target in a, like in a cold cognition way the pathways that are involved in emotion regulation. So it's not CBT, it's not mindfulness, but the premise of such interventions is to devise uh, brain training techniques 
that could improve neural efficiency. And the idea is that then that benefit through training will generalize to everyday activities that we do. So we've been pursuing and developing an intervention that does exactly this. It trains the neural pathways that are responsible for emotion vulnerability and resilience. Okay, and Rachel, what new story have you brought along with you? Well, I've got some great news if global warming continues, if the, the world starts heating up, which is an amazing ant called the Saharan silver ant, which has been confirmed as one of the fastest animals on the planet. It lives in the Sahara Desert. It emerges at midday when everyone else is taking shelter under any kind of shape casting thing and it scuttles around feeding on things that have died in the extreme heat and it's incredibly quick so it can cover 108 times its body length per second which is the equivalent of Usain Bolt being able to run at 470 miles an hour basically. Um, and it's a, it's a particularly good way to get around when the, when the ground is 60 degrees C. They've found that uh, there are parts of its running where all its legs are off the floor. Now that's six legs for an ant, right? That's more impressive than a horse. A six-legged gallop. Cool. So we've never seen a six-legged gallop before. That's a new thing. Is that true? Sure. <laughs> Cool. Well, look, that's what's in the news at this very minute, but now we're going to get hypothetical, okay? We want to send off into the far future. Our panel here are going to give us their ideas, then our audience is going to give their ideas. Rachel, I think we should get to know you a little bit more beforehand, so please, what body upgrade would you be willing to pay for? I am rather miffed with the uh, extent of my my menstrual, menstrual cycle carrying on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and I'm wondering whether we've checked thoroughly whether there isn't just a way of turning it off like anybody ever played with a PlayStation knows that there is a combination of buttons that is possible to do all kinds of exciting things and I think we need to get some women in a room and just be like right Carol left nipple right nipple (laughs) belly button Sandra knows left nipple left nipple yes and eventually we'll work out that there's a way we can just switch it off and then switch it back on again when we need it I there are plenty of people who'd like to do that as research but it's like I fertility think... bop it. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> I've For... just won my own podcast episode. That's what we're having. That's the shortlist. Fertility finished. Bop-it. Sorry, you don't have to pitch things about this. I'm just saying this is the kind of mood I'm in at the moment. So you can see what I'm working Impatient. with here. So in that case, I'm sure you can do better. Epsi, you're up. What is your pitch? What would you like to change in the next stage of human evolution? Okay. How would you redesign I'm us? not putting women in the room to talk about switching nipples on and off, but <laughs> centered around skin again, which I feel has been popular tonight. Lots of animals can shed their skin, and some people may want to improve their skin conditions by just shedding their skin. And although skin currently can't reach the net itself every so many days or weeks, um, you can't just take it off and put it back on again. So. What I'm pitching is the skin of the snake. 
Has that been done before? No. no? So you want to okay. be able to shed all your skin. Shed and grow a new one. <laughs> Just let it. Oh, there's, a, there's a few questions. There's so many benefits. You know, you know when you burn yourself when you're like six years old because my daughter's done that and that scar never goes away and you may yeah. want a profession that requires ah. you to wave so, a flag for Formula One and have scarless So, so hold legs. on here. So, so actually what you're saying, does this mean that things like snakes don't scar because they shed? Is that true? I'm sure that's possible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hmm. they probably heal quickly when they do scar because they are in forest and they're moving around a lot and they will come across... I think if, if, you're, a, if you're a snake and you damage your skin, yeah, you just shed yeah, it and then and you get a new one. one. It's not going to go through all the way through to... Okay, but I should yeah. point out here in that case, first of all, as a skin specialist, you know that the skin is the biggest human organ. Yes. You know that we're shedding constantly anyway. What's the advantage of doing it all in one rather than just piecemeal here and there? More dramatic. Okay, so, they choose. So, those with skin conditions on that very fast spectrum who then have all these psychological problems is that they don't shed skin at a fast enough rate as they produce it. And so, they end up with really thick scales as you do have on fishes. Um, and so, therapy wise, you have a long bath soak, so you're having to replace the oils five, six, seven times a day. If your child at school, you need to take your creams in, um, go to your office five, six times during your short time of school. And I mean, we could definitely do without that. No, but let, let's yes. dig it a bit deeper in here. So you're these skin conditions that you're talking about yes. where you're overproducing skin. Like, yes. Tell me about some of them. What are they called? Okay, so it's called ichthyosis. Um, ichthyosis. Ich, ich, being from skin and then theosis, make it sound scientific. <laughs> so ichthyosis, <laughs> which is basically overproduction of skin cells, um, it affects about one in 250,000 births in the UK. It is on a spectrum. So the mild end of the spectrum is eczema, which is the most common one that people know, eczema, psoriasis. But on the higher and you have things like lamella ichthyosis where the child is born with this cling tight film covering it can be fatal but then if you do survive past two weeks that plasticky covering would shed off and then it reveals this really thick scales um, and of course because you've got this tight delivery covering around the whole skin it's affecting your breathing it's affecting because skin should be elastic and stretchy but once it's gone harder than it needs to be because of these extra production of scales then so me. there's real trouble in being thick-skinned, yes. although it does mean you can't go on Twitter. <laughs> this, is, this is fascinating. So actually, okay, so the real the argument here is that these, if we were able to shed in one fell swim, yeah. it's kind of actually giving all humans a chance to correct the sin. Yes. We could all take a day off again, like maybe once a month. How often would you like us to shed? Well, I mean, it moment. could just be done overnight, couldn't it? I don't think we have to take a day off for it. Let's just have it think, done think overnight. Think skin cancer as well. You know, so places like Australia, it's really prevalent because of the high temperatures. But of course, fatality is minimised because they are ahead of it. Hmm. And so then, when it's just really hot, you shed your skin and put on darker skin. And then when it goes cold, you shed off your darker skin and put on pale skin. This is brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Increase melanocytes. How would that work on your face? Well, it would be like a jumpsuit, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be like a jumpsuit. I so like that you've thought this all the way. 100% through. It's, it's you get to change your hair. Yeah. You don't have to dye it. Love it. Salad. 
Okay, there are some other downsides. Okay. If we're going to go full snake on this, any of you who've ever handled snakes, I'm sure, will be very aware that if you handle a snake's skin afterwards, you have to wash your hands because of possible salmonella uh, infection because it is common as you shed your skin to also poo yourself. Yeah? Because like, I'm just saying there's a cost, right? Yes. Hey, For, what? Do, do you have to do that? Well, it's just is something I think we have to factor in. It might be, it might be a common feature. It is, it is a oh. common feature in most animals that shed their skins that they will do things like that, at least fairly frequently. Or actually, if I'm honest, they probably don't have the best toilet etiquette anyway. Who knows if it's actually a regular feature of it? I'm not sure. That's, I think it. that's just uh, just a snaky thing. We don't have to have that one as well. I was I've just thought of something. Yes. You could have uh, new tattoos every time. And that's as well, yes. That would be great. Or, alternatively, you would have to get your tattoos redone every time. Which, if you wanted the same <laughs> ones, would be a pain. So, so good for people who have got their ex tattooed yes. <laughs> Good for people who change their relationships a lot. Bad for people who really, 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 really like John Bon Jovi and want to keep that tattoo <laughs> There is a everything. solution around that, though, because you can get those temporary tattoos now. You just print a load of stickers of temporary tattoos and then when you put your new skin on, you stick it back where it needs to be and then okay, yeah, it'll you, last long enough. You put my mind to rest about that. <laughs> Does this mean you don't have to wash your skin anymore? <laughs> You'll not have baths or showers because you can just change. Well, <laughs> you don't want to stink when you're in the room but this jumpsuit, mind you, is skin, right? So once you've put it on, it will have the same features as skin with vessels yeah. and everything else. I think it's can hold be on, done hold. in the lab. You want us to be able to put it back on again afterwards. That's the, the bit that's sick, sick and wrong. <laughs> that's put it in the washing <laughs> Snakes yeah. don't do that. Right, picture this, right? Okay. This is biological skin, which is all the features our skin has, right? Okay. So you may pick it up from your incubator in the lab. So it would have shops on the high street, different labs with different skin colors. And then you pick the one that you want in your sterile environment, and then you put it on. And by the time you've showered off all the dust of the skin that's been in the incubator, that's enough time for all your blood vessels. You've, you've changed this quite significantly <laughs> from shedding skins I'm to I'm making going... it practical because you need to You're making it skin. practical. This is your idea of practical, <laughs> that we're going full Mission Impossible. Where will you get the skin from, though? You can't buy a splash of it because it's biological and we can't have incubators in homes. So you need to go to Tesco's every time in the incubator section and buy your skin. I'm worried about the security implications of this. When we eventually have fingerprint scanning for everything and somebody's just gone and picked up their mate's skin off their, off their bathroom floor and gone and nicked all their money out of their bank account. I'm concerned more about the... Uh... They're kind of one of the ecological offshoots of this. I mean, just if there's going to be loose skins everywhere. Yeah. There is loose skin everywhere already when you're shedding yeah, off. That's true. No dusting. Yeah. No dusting? No, don't, no dusting. Beca hang on, this is brilliant. Because <laughs> it all comes off in one go. Yes. You can just dispose of it. So there's not dust literally everywhere yeah. all the time. This is brilliant. Yep. Love yeah, it's it. It's biological degradable. That's 100%. Back in the soil. On the shortlist. It's on the shortlist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give a huge round of applause. Okay, Naz, can you beat that? Shedding skin. What is your suggestion for the next stage of human evolution? What would you change about the human being? What I would want to change is that I would want to eradicate anxiety and depression through training the brain. 
Okay, so hold on, hold on. First of all, it's involving training. Yeah. Bear in mind, in our podcast, you can have the magic switch. We can have this on something genetic. We might find some kind of means. Like, is there any way of removing it? Or does it have to be that we have to work for it? You've got to work for it. I don't want to. <laughs> Can't we just have an anxiety-proof brain? Sorry? Can't we just have an anxiety-proof brain? Well, that's exactly what the training would do. It would, it's like a cognitive vaccine. So you want to vaccinate your, your brain against anxiety and depression. So the training would build this protection, this, this protective mechanism like, you know, um, uh, a shield so that you would um, be immune to the damaging effects of stresses leading to anxiety and depression. Immunity, okay. Immunity, and so when, it's like when a cognitive you, vaccine. What age would you... Uh, administer this so we would start administering this intervention very early on in childhood mm -hmm. um, the children can engage with the training on a daily basis etc i don't know how many times a day but on a daily basis and gradually over time we will be building these brain fibers that acts like a you know a shield, a cognitive vaccine against the damaging effects of everyday stresses and GCSE exams. So, okay. there's oh, one question though, which is that if you eliminate anxiety altogether, do we not then stop actually thinking about the problems that we have facing us? It's and a very good question. It, anxiety is constant fear. Um, now, we know that fear is actually a good emotion for us. If we didn't have fear, we would not survive. We need to be able to survive. Right. And so detecting danger, acting upon dangerous cues is something that we need to do. So fear serves an evolutionary purpose. When it becomes out of hand, when we are feeling fearful all the time across various kinds of situations with no particular trigger, that becomes anxiety. Ah, so I bearing see. in mind that currently um, psychology and psychiatry struggle with saying that's too much. Like there, there seems to be set of minds that seem to change that you have to basically have been depressed for so long before you can be diagnosed with depression. <laughs> How do we set these limits ourselves for our kind of training? At what level can we say we are too fearful? Where is the limits? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, when the fear interferes with what you're doing in everyday life. So, um, for example, you might feel overwhelming levels of panic or have blackouts or blockouts, blanks, um, when you, you sat an exam. So uh, or when you go to a job interview, you're sweating profusely and your heart rate's going through the roof. That's when you're excessively fearful and the fear is interfering with what you're doing on a daily basis. Some people um, who've undergone trauma, for example, um, suffer from intrusions. And intrusions can interfere with what you're doing on a daily basis. What's an intrusion? So intrusion is like a flashback. You have uh, a memory that um, uh, unco unconsciously, quite automatically enters your working memory. You're kind of like the online system, the supervisory system in the brain that um, helps you do what you're doing currently. Like I'm talking, so it's helping me talk. Um, and uh, it affects your mood, um, it makes you scared, it, uh, it again interferes with what you're doing. That's an intrusion. You can have positive intrusions, you can have negative ones, but usually intrusions are um, defined through their negative impact, so it's an intrusion, it's intrusive. I suppose if it's positive you don't notice it as an intrusion. It's just kind of like, oh, a recollection or something. Yeah, oh, I feel good about this, or oh, you're retrieving a happy memory and you're thinking, yeah, that's, that's now, cool. Now, I... I'm not putting this on the shortlist, I'm afraid. I'm very sorry. But the, the reason is because I don't think it's a human redesign. I think it's a training program. It's a brilliant training program. And You're redesigning the brain. Yeah, but it, it's done like... It's done once the human is already there. I mean, it's like... Oh. You, you told us she has to work for it, and we're not willing to work. <laughs> oh, that's it. You're I, want it I want it plugged work. in Matrix style, basically. I will um, do anything to be healthy except try yeah well but it's but it's a brilliant i mean as a thing that humans should yeah. be doing right now in the world uh i think everyone should be practicing it especially when you've got um you know what we're actually up against is is like systems if we can call them systems like social media yeah which are working the opposite direction to kind of like make us anxious and depressed so i think we need it more now than we ever have Maybe the other side of this is actually that this, this kind of training, for instance, I'm aware some of you may have heard the phrase Mac mindfulness, that we've lost a lot of philo yeah. philosophical sides yeah. of these things. So if we're going to prepare ourselves to not have anxiety and stuff, we're putting the onus on the individual rather than changing the system. So it's a bit like people being told, you now have time to go and meditate. No, we're not giving you more holiday time or a better pension <laughs> or better wages. We're saying deal with it yourself keep working, keep on working. But that is, um, that is a more direct way of empowering yourself rather than becoming dependent on a pill or a therapist or with um, like seeing CBT uh, therapists. So in some ways you are, you are immunizing your brain to be able to feel empowered um, you're not held responsible for your wrongdoings or if you do have a failure or a setback, 
but you are your own person. You're taking back the control that anxiety and depression would take away. I think away. essentially what we're saying is that individuals should take control of their own brains and do this training. Yeah. When governments start imposing it from the top <laughs> down and saying, this will fix all your problems, we're not actually going to help you, then we've got problems. But I mean, that's like a, this is a politics bit now. That, um, yeah. I'm not putting it on the shortlist, but I think it's something that everybody should do. Give, okay. Give Nas a huge round of applause. Thank you so much. All right. So we've got one thing on the shortlist already. Our dear audience here, please get your hands up. What are your ideas? What can we do? Please say your name and then tell us what your idea is. We have a joint idea. Um, ah. Olivia. Uh, my name's Liz. So, okay, Olivia and Liz. You know how what you were saying, like the brain's plastic um, and you know, all the connections between your brain cells are dynamic and changing? Well... Um, one of the things that we were thinking that you could fix in humans is that as you age, this yeah. sort of ability of your brain to form new connections yeah. kind of just gets less effective and less yeah. effective to the point where when you are older, you are literally less able to yeah. take in new ideas. Yeah. And like on a jokey level, people use this justify why like older people think that young people have crap music tastes because they're just not like as open-minded to all the crazy things that young people might be but then on a bigger level there's like the political generational divides like older people get stuck in certain ways and then it affects everyone else in like so super we, bad ways so just to check here your thing is we maintain plasticity throughout life yeah so that old people can like drill music and not <laughs> drift to the right Pretty much. <laughs> yeah because essentially like if you sort of retain that ability to yeah you know, taking new ideas, you're essentially retaining tolerance as you grow older. So, yeah. you, you know, you're more likely to, like, not be homophobic so you are, when you're older. Yeah, or so you are to more right, likely to, uh, to prevent the aging process as well. So you're saying the resilient, building in resilience yes. slows aging. Absolutely. It will slow aging because aging comes with rigidity, uh, but resilience is the opposite. It's flexibility and you will build the tolerance and you, you can reverse aging. So there's, there's, is there empirical data for this? Like this kind of research has been done to show that things like maybe mindfulness are affecting the brain and it's not just like lower stress levels or something like that. They've teased this out. Yeah, uh, well, um, there it affecting the same pathways that would then lead to aging. So one of the features of depressed people is that it's a lack of experience of positive emotion. So they cannot process positive information. And what um, uh, plasticity, what resilience does is to soften those, the neural connections, the neural pathway so that the, Depressed people can experience positive emotions and feel a bit more positive about themselves. And that resilience, so building resilience in the neural networks of the brain can prevent aging as well. So that's what we can do yeah. to try to improve the plasticity of our brains as we get older. And we can maybe have a super, super, super plastic brain by incorporating this idea. So hold on, we, again, we have to d delve into there must be advantages to rigidity. We, we've evolved to have this thing. That's effectively what learning is to become efficient yes. in a way? Yes, so it's efficiency. Resilience is neural efficiency. Oh, no, no, hold on. I'm arguing exactly the opposite <laughs> to that. Yeah. No, because what I'm suggesting is, is surely rigidity of pathways means that something is, is so ingrained 
like for instance, does this plasticity mean that, for instance, I would always be bad at guitar because I'm not reinforcing this rigidity of pathway as well? Is there a cost to remaining plastic? Consider toddlers learn quick, but they're still stupid. <laughs> Maybe we need a brain that yes. it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> so that we end up looking like a sort of mecon in older life so that the, so that the bits that have set... <laughs> this is not a scientific terminology. The, the rigidity that there is to learn how to be an excellent guitarist stays there, and you have extra bits of brain that sort of just bubble up as you need them in a plastic form, uh, and then you can carry on learning brand new things all the time. Would that work? Do you want but, a massive I, head? Well, I mean, within reason. <laughs> I guess also with plasticity, it's not that you get more volume, it's more connections. Yeah. That like you're more, essentially but, but that's what we're talking about. Is if, so if you've got to plasticity forever, then that means you have to lose something to gain something. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. This is like the whole yeah. Homer thing of like when I learn something new, I forget everything I already knew. Yeah, so if you're going to be plastic, we have to lose as well. Am I right in saying that? I'm not sure, actually, that you're right in <laughs> saying that. Oh, so tell me why I'm so wrong. She's got... We've got, oh. we've got a point from the audience. Let's just have a little listen over here. Bear in mind, I'm host. I'm partly you? playing devil's advocate. Tell me why I'm wrong, if that is wrong. Um, She's going to tell you. Fat Marta. So um, that's my name. Um, so you don't have to lose it. You only lose it if you don't use it. So we have a lose it or use it system in our brains. So you, you could theoretically keep making brand new connections but you would have to keep using those connections to sort of keep having them. So you don't necessarily lose it, you just make new ones. Okay. Are we saying Thank the brain you. is super, super plastic forever and it's just that we forget how to use it and we just get ingrained in our habits and we just And then we actually to... would expand our head within reason, I think was the phrase as well. Okay, so... Is this on the shortlist? Well, it sounds like we've already got it. Yay! <laughs> it sounds like it's there we just don't ever access it we don't spend time making sure that our brain continues to be plastic into our old age okay. I mean there's got to be some effects of ageing though, ageing has got to be a little bit of a limiting factor hasn't it yeah but this is what ageing is and I'm arguing it must be good for something mm. Mm. does that very mean tricky? when they like say ageing. you can't learn the language in your old age it's more that's tricky. True. That's true. But the more you improve connections, the better you get at it. So that's not true then. You just need to keep learning the language until you've formed it up. I mean, also, there's, there's um, damage that happens as you get older as well, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, as you get older and older and older and older, your chances of having uh, plaques and tangles in your brain from Alzheimer's and things like that increases. Yeah. So... But that's what they want to change. Correct? We want... <laughs> Just, just to be clear, it's not that we're saying that older people have zero neuroplastic ability. Otherwise, older people would literally never learn anything ever, and that's just not true. It's more that your ability to develop those connections decreases, and we're just saying retain that high level that you see in like adolescence and childhood rather than have it decline. Just to okay, go. so actually, if we're going to go, let's go to childhood, because that's when it's best. Yeah. We're going to be forever young. How's that sound, Rachel? Uh, I mean... You keep learning. Baby brains. A super plastic brain at like the level of a year one kid forever. Stretch Armstrong Would brain. be amazing. Um, because I've witnessed my children kind of like not be able to read. And then that nine months be... later they can read. And you're just like, 
How how is this possible? I'd love that. Yeah, what it's on, comes it's on to the shortlist. It's on the shortlist. <laughs> Give Hooray. a lovely and Liz, a huge round of applause. I was going to say, Simon, what comes to mind is that movie, The Curious Case of Benjamin Franklin. Is that the title? Benjamin Button. Benjamin That's Franklin the was a real person. <laughs> the Curious Case of Benjamin Franklin <laughs> is a film that I would pay good Team money to see. in the room. <laughs> that would be excellent. Yes, because of course he was young and he aged and he went back to being young again. But he was also Brad Pitt, so he was sorted anyway. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this suggestion down as Benjamin Button Brain. <laughs> Good. Is there anyone else in the audience who's got any more suggestions? Um, Sam, it's not quite as deep as that one. I just want sort of sticky gecko hands so I don't keep dropping stuff and burning myself by dropping tea over me. Gecko hands, but only when you had something that you could use to scale buildings, to do excellent climbing, and you care about tea. I... How very English of you, but I yes. Have, well, I mean, that's it. I mean, the superhero thing's sort of done, isn't it? A bit boring now, so... I mean, if you wanted to climb a building, I suppose you could. But for me, I want to stop spilling tea over myself. <laughs> okay. Rachel, is this on the shortlist? I mean, it's a, it's a terrible Marvel film. <laughs> what you need, when you go to Tesla to pick out your new skin, you must get the one that's extra sticky on the palms. <laughs> uh, Gecko Hands is, is on the shortlist. I mean, I just, I want, to, I want to use it to scale buildings, even if you don't, Sam. So, yes, that's on. I love it. So, as the resident biologist, I've been scanning the natural world, and this time I give you C. elegans. C. elegans. It's a very C. elegant C. elegans. What you're looking at here is a strange nematode, and they've proven that if you control its calorific intake, you can increase its lifespan by up to 45%. So I'm aware that there are lots of fad diets out there, and I'm aware that Michael Mosley... Is it Michael Mosley or Max Mosley? I always... Which one's the fascist and which one's the broadcaster? I'm not... I don't know what the broadcaster's politics are. Like, uh, who knows? But, but anyway, look, I know he's doing a lot of work on that sort of 5-2 diet and stuff. On humans, it's hard to tell its exact outcomes, but we know for this creature that it massively increases our lifespan. So, how would you feel about that? So we... we Eat more and live longer. We eat less, oh. but it massively increases our lifespan. Oh, Ooh, less cake, more years of no cake. <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's fair enough. We, we take our chances and we make our choices. That's it. So, Rachel, you've got quite a lot of things in the short list. Uh, would you like Hepsi's skin snake shedding? Yay. I've, I've just written down no dusting. It's, it's very strong. We've also had Olivia and Liz's, and Fatmata, you contributed to this as well, this idea of having constant neuroplasticity. Yep. We've had uh, some sticky palms. Now, you, you've rephrased that now, and now it sounds horrible. <laughs> I'm not trying that to That one's it. off. Sorry, Sam. Uh, clammy hands, no. Um, not again. That's it, isn't it? That's it. So what are you right. going to go for? Mm, tricky. I really like no dusting. So I've decided <laughs> to write it down. Skin shedding. But the problem with it is I think... I, I, I feel weird about all these kind of shells of people just being left <laughs> strewn around the place. Um, so I think I'm going to go for uh, the super, super plastic brain. Yay! Yay! 
Congratulations. How do you feel about us all now having this? Oh, it's even worse is you're wearing snakeskin trousers. So if there was a person to go for the snakeskin thing, these you guys. Please tell us how you feel about this being introduced to every human before they leave the podcast. Highly satisfied. I think we cured homophobia, so I'm really happy. It'll take more than that, mate. I hate to tell you. It's one of those things. You don't know how bad humans are. So, ladies and gents, before we finish, can we first of all give them a huge round of applause? And it remains us for only do one final thing. We'd like to thank our panels. We've had Hepsi Tego, <laughs> Naz Durkashan. <laughs> we always have Rachel Wheeling. <laughs> We've had additional production assistant, assistance from Ian Bokit. <laughs> and a big thank you to our funders, the Physiological Society and the Biochemical Society, and also the wonderful people here at the Barbican Centre in London. This has been Level Buman. I've been Simon Watt. Thank you and good night. <laughs> That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheelie, and supported by the Physiological Society. For more information, go to leveluphuman.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.